<laughs> you just start it. I just screw all that up. We're on now. <laughs> Try and exercise some kind of... Well, I had to cough right when you said, are we ready? And then I wasn't really ready. All right. This podcast... Well, it's, it's okay because there's every chance that no one's going to hear this podcast. And in actual fact, we might never be able to podcast ever again. Oh, no. Let's, let's start as we normally do. Mike one, Mike one. Isn't this a lot of fun? That's tradition. I like tradition. He's Jeremy. I'm Canfield. This is uh, Did You America, our, uh, you know, twice weekly look at America from the perspective of a uh, Brit living in Texas and um, a Texan living in Texas who's less American than the Brit. That's the it's kind of the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we have a New York producer who uh, is in New York and is uh, the component for everything uh, regarding the, the the online side of this uh, podcast. He made us the website. Um, he basically deals with with everything. Once I've stopped recording from my kitchen table, and um, the sad news is, New York producer texts me on. Uh, what day is it now? Thursday, I guess it would have been Tuesday. He texts me saying, uh, got some bad news. I feel really terrible. I think I might have uh, COVID. Um, you know what he was doing? He was getting that polio test that you ah, got. I was going to say, did he check for polio? It's <laughs> it's running wild out there. I, I uh, Jeremy was concerned that he might have uh, the Rona a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was very impressed that he was so bougie. He was getting a doctor to come to the house to do a test. I had to go, you know, when, when someone I worked with, when I used to have a job, I had to, I had to drive somewhere. Not Jeremy, no. And did Jeremy's, <laughs> Jeremy's line was, <laughs> I wanted to, what was it? I wanted to be like a... Yeah, well, I you thought it was bougie. I said, I thought it made me feel like a 1940s kid finding out he had polio. <laughs> right, okay. Well, New York producer is uh, so sick. Uh, he said, like, I'm in bed. I can barely type this. And by the way, he although he he is a man with that New York work ethic. He's he's the type of person that will step over you and on you to get where he needs to go. So he's not which is a typical New Yorker, right. right? So he's not the type of person that goes, Oh, I'm sick, I can't do anything. So I haven't heard from him since Tuesday. Um, hence the fact I'm saying that maybe no one will hear this podcast because it occurred to me that neither Jeremy or I have any idea how this podcast gets from my kitchen table to the interwebs. Yeah, I don't think either of us know how to internet very well. <laughs> right, I mean, I know how to record it onto a laptop, which we're currently doing, and I know how to send it to New York producer. What happens after that? I, I, I don't know. So, I mean, God, people might not get their t-shirts. He's, he's, he's got the t-shirts. He's supposed to send the Did You America t-shirts out. He does everything for the website. I mean, he's my best friend, so it would be terrible if he died of corona. But what about this podcast? Oh, we're basically back to doing demos now. <laughs> you know what's really sad is I'm a millennial. I shouldn't know how to do all this. I know how to do none of it. I'm screwed. I need this podcast to do well. I've said this before. I'm so bad that each time uh, Jeremy comes to my apartment where we record this, in theory, I've got an app on my phone that when he buzzes the door downstairs to my apartment building, it should activate the app and I should be able to buzz him in. Can't figure it out. I have to get in the elevator, go down five floors <laughs> and let him in myself. So I, if, if New York producer dies, 
we don't know the passwords. Even if we did know the password, can you imagine if we knew the passwords <laughs> and then we tried to make changes I to the website? So we would be arrested for cyber terrorism immediately, <laughs> even though we had no intention of doing something bad. We'd be so clueless, it would appear like we were trying to do something awful. All of a sudden, the website would just be covered in anime porn. I'd be like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I had a, it was a, a similar situation and then it wasn't because someone was on death's door. It was because someone was having an affair, which by the way, was nothing to do with me. But years ago, I had um, a website for myself where I post interviews from my radio show that I did and playlists and stuff like that. And um, I had a guy design it and it was a bit like the New York producer set up. He wasn't anywhere near where I was, but I, I had access to the website so I could just post basic stuff on it and anything more complicated, I'd, I'd have this guy uh, handle it. And one day I went to the website and I was locked out and um, I emailed the guy who was running the website for me and he didn't get back to me initially. And then I, I noticed there were these strange posts that started appearing on the website. And, and basically what had happened was, it was a husband and wife business doing web design. And she found out that he'd been having an affair. And so to get her own back on him, she changed all of the passwords to all of their clients' websites. So everyone was locked out of their websites. And then randomly just started posting things on different websites about the fact that he was this massive asshole and was having an affair. Oh my God. So your, your website just became the host of her just bashing her husband. It was literally, it was like I was in a real episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> like this, this kind of stuff only happens to Larry David. Right. I was nothing to do. I wasn't fucking anyone I shouldn't be. I was nothing to do with the affair. I don't even think I'd even met her. I was aware that they worked together in their uh, their web design company. And, um, you know, as I said, I used it to, uh, to post uh, interview clips and, and stuff from the radio show that I used to do. I used to do a, a, a metal show back in the UK. And I'm getting uh, people messaging going, well, we want to hear the Tom Morello interview. What's this woman to? I mean, shit, no one cares where her <laughs> husband's been sticking his dick. Yeah, well, please give us the new music. We don't need to hear about Kevin's penis yeah, exactly. anymore. Exactly. They're like, what was the name of the new Perry Farrell song, right? <laughs> and it's and it's and it's not called "My Husband's Been Sticking His Dick in This Bitch." It actually is, but <laughs> it, it it wasn't the song that was playing. So yeah, I've had that. Anyway, I never got that website back because he just went off the. Oh. No. <laughs> um, their relationship obviously uh, went sour, but yeah, as vengeance, she changed everyone's passwords and you know, kind of started playing war games. He, with might, it. he might be dead. I don't know. Well, I don't care because I don't have that website anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I'm right? saying, like, you probably could have had the website back, but he disappeared all of a sudden after getting into a fight with his wife. I'm more concerned about the uh, the fate of New York Producer and uh, him being on Death's Door. I mean, New York Producer is my best friend. I actually officiated the wedding between him and his wife. So, you know, I'm very close to them. Um, but um, New York Producer, you got a bunch of... Did you America t-shirts that people have ordered? We're never going to get 
to the scented candle with the scent of freedom, the Did You America candle, if we don't sell out the T-shirts, and we won't sell out the T-shirts if he dies and can't facilitate everyone's orders from the website. You don't know how disappointed my mom's going to be if she can't hear these anymore. New York <laughs> producer, I get it. You know, uh, we send our regards, get well soon, but like, uh, step up. You can you can work while coughing. It's not a big deal, right? So while we've st- while we've still got access to the website, I think we should do some uh, listener feedback uh, today because I keep on saying that we're we're going to do this in part two of the show and we never get round to it. So um, I mean, you can try and message us at uh, digiamerica.com because I think I'm still getting those messages. Or if you want to jump on uh, any of my uh, social media, some people communicate via that. Uh, but uh, digiamerica.com still up and running, uh, although you know. We don't know for how long. Depends maybe, Depends on your producer's health. TikTok. Maybe he'll put, like, in his will, someone to take over the producing for us. Because, I mean, like we said, neither of us can do it. Right. Yeah. And maybe they can, you know, our uh, if you've got an IT department at work, I remember this from when I did have a job, they can jump on your laptop and fix things. Right. If he's appointed in his will, someone to keep doing our website, maybe they can remotely jump on my phone and figure out the door entry app so I don't <laughs> have to go down five five floors to let you in. Man, New York producer's replacement is starting to sound awesome. <laughs> um, Kelly uh, messaged me uh, in the week asking, was I watching The Crown? Now, this is, I've mentioned this before, I don't understand America's obsession with the royal family. This is one of the few things that is inherently American that I just can't get into. And also one of the few things that I guess makes me more British, because I tell you this, if you go to Shitsville, most people there don't care about the royal family. It's all tourists. So most people in their home country couldn't give two hoots about what's going on with the royals. But in America, I mean, you've you've got the Kardashians now. Isn't that good enough? Ryan Seacrest made a whole TV show about them. Apparently, it's lasted 20 years. I only knew this because I had vague interest in the Kardashians since uh, Kim was on with uh, Letterman on his on his new TV show. And yet you're still obsessed with the British royals. Yeah, who cares if Harry's being exiled from the family? Kendall and Kylie are fighting people. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I had a little back and forth with Kelly kind of making these points. (laughs) Her first response was, but this season of The Crown is about Diana. What kind of a gay are you not caring about the Diana season? I was like, well... (laughs) If that's the metrics of good or bad gay, I'm a bad gay because I don't care. I don't care. Clearly, you said it was Kelly. Yeah. Clearly, Kelly has never heard any episode of this podcast or anything you've done on the radio before. He hates England. <laughs> what part don't you get? So, okay. I uh, So, uh, because I was amusing myself with Kelly and, that, you know, this is why I like people that uh, give us feedback because it's, it's, it's fun to have a little back and forth and then report on it on the podcast. Um, so, you know, I was a kid when Diana was at her prime before the queen killed her. Did I just say something? <laughs> Whoa, shots fired. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. No, it wasn't shots. It was in a tunnel. She drove her into a wall. She didn't shoot her. Dude, Jizz Lane's going to get you. Watch out, dude. <laughs> you just got added to a list you don't want to be on. Well, that, that again, you know, going off topic slightly, Jizz Lane Maxwell, who's got that huge list of uh, famous people that she's going to sell in order to... Uh, not get so much jail time for right, an right. association with Jeffrey Epstein. Rape Cella. 
Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> My friend and I came up with a new name because I said her, her list of famous names is going to be so impressive. It's going to be like a festival lineup. So we could call it Jizz Fest. Oh, okay. Like that might be a little bit easier on the ears. Yeah. Um, Jizz Lane Maxwell, uh, about to, at some point, announce this list of uh, many famous people who uh, she'll allege were involved with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and his, his terrible, terrible lifestyle. But the one thing she said is that she's not going to say anything bad about Prince Andrew, right? And Andrew is the guy who's been photographed with her and with girls, and there's so much evidence. And yet, old Jizz Lane is not going to say anything bad about him. And I think that's because, uh, you know, she knows how things operate at a high level and she knows Queen's going to come for me. And she's murked a few before in her past. Right, exactly. So, yeah. So it was a tunnel. She didn't get shot. Oh, I, gotcha. the, the, oh, I already did that joke. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm saying to Kelly, okay, here's what I would put in the Princess Diana season of The Crown. And, it, and if you had this, then you'd have me as a viewer for a season, right? First of all, the people that killed Princess Diana. Now, actually, I, I don't know that for a fact it was, the, it was the Queen, but she was definitely killed. And I want that covered. I bet none of that's going to be covered. They're just going to say it was a terrible accident. Secondly, I want enormous detail on Prince Andrew and Harry was flying around on what's known as the Lolita Express going to Pedophile Island. And I want <laughs> those names in the show because that is what the pedophile plane was called and that is what the pedophile island was called, right? You need both, clearly. Right, and I want, I want an actor playing Jeffrey Epstein. I want all that covered. Thirdly, and I'm not going to say which one because I, I, I don't agree with outing people, but you can Google it. The gay royal who married a woman to cover up the fact that he was gay, but at the time was knocking about with a gay but closeted, uh, uh, very well-known British entertainer. I want that in the show, right? I want the gay royal in the show. Uh, there was another point I had. Oh, I want in the show the fact that, um, who's the ginger one? Harry? Yeah, is clearly not Charles's kid. It was the tennis coach, right? <laughs> because poor Princess Diana was upset at the fact that Charles was bedding Camilla at the time and not her. That should be in the show. Look at them. You look at uh, you look at uh, who's the who's you know this better than me because you're an American. Who's Harry's brother? William. Yes, yeah, see, I'm really, I'm really bad on the royal family. <laughs> Look at a picture of William next to Charles. Clearly, Charles is his dad. Look at a photo of of uh, Harry next to Charles. Ah, uh -uh. no. You can now add promoting uh, royal conspiracies to the list of many reasons why you'll never be allowed back in England again. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if anyone in the, if anyone is listening in the states, though, I do need a job. So please. I mean, at this point. <laughs> The queen, if I go back to England and the Queen hears this, she's going to be going, is it too obvious if we put another one through a tunnel? Maybe she just, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Canfield should just go straight to the tower. Uh, the Queen definitely listens to Digital <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Oh, and also the other point I wanted to, uh, to have in the, uh, in the crown is that the Queen Mother was an absolute bitch <laughs> to the extent that 
Her staff were exclusively gay because the only people that could be around the person who was that much of a bitch were a load of bitchy gays who would all be around her bitching like bitchy gays do. She had a huge drink problem and also a gambling problem and couldn't stop betting on the horses, right? Now, if you take all of that, and that was the Princess Diana season of The Crown. You have Ian Canfield as a viewer. And I said, so anyway, I text all this to uh, Kelly as we were back and forth on the, on, the, on the social media. And she goes, no, I don't think any of that's going to be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you basically just described keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you will love this show. I said to her, look. I'm not taking anything away from the work that Princess Diana did for AIDS and landmines, but we know about that. Tell us about the tennis coach. Call me crazy. I'm pro landmine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, that was... So, uh, in answer to your question, Kelly, no, I'm not watching The Crown. <laughs> Uh, digiamerica.com is where to go if you would like to send us any messages as I said even though New York producer may or may not be dead at the time we're recording this um, that uh, you know what I'm expecting to get a message from in, in his will right Yeah. they'll be like he'll leave a load of stuff to his will I like that we're talking about the fact that is if he is dead now he, he's like, gonna die right, you better start getting used in, to in it. his will because he's such a fucking bleeding heart liberal that's gonna be like, I'm leaving this to my wife and blah, 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 blah. And then there'll be a line in it that says, uh, Canfield, I told you Trump fucked this up <laughs> <laughs> with the COVID. Um, this is his fault yeah. with my dying yeah. You can never do another podcast because you can't access your own website and it's all the legacy of President Trump. <laughs> what an excuse to move to Uruguay though, you know? <laughs> um, Shopaholic uh, sent a message via uh, Did You America.com. Why no pictures of Jeremy? Why, why does he only get a one sentence bio on the website? And no, this is not his mother. I will now hand you over to Jeremy, who will respond to all of those questions using his mouth. Well, mom, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, when I went to college, I, I have a communications degree and essentially in today's college, it's just a social media degree. Right. Yet I, hate social media i don't get it i don't use it so i don't have a lot of accounts and you know so i i don't i don't really i don't promote myself like that i guess because you know this is now growing i've i've come to the realization that i will soon have to whore myself out to social media right the only issue is is like i don't pay, take pictures look at me there's no reason for me to be in the picture. I, I, I said many times, if you want to see what Jeremy looks like, just Google Walter Becker from Steely Dan. Uh, <laughs> and, you and you know, and then you'll, you'll find the 1970s Walter Becker because Jeremy's not even 30 yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, not the one, like, don't Google him just before he died. Jeremy doesn't look quite that rough yet. The other issue is, is like, every time I try to take a picture... For some reason, I just, I don't show up in the picture. Well, like you're a vampire or I, something. I'm, no, I'm not a vampire. I mean, like, my family does come from Eastern Europe. I don't <laughs> like garlic or the sun. I don't show up in pictures. Come on, man. No, I'm not a vampire. That's crazy talk. So I don't think uh, social media is really for me. And the one sentence bio is, I mean, like, you know, Camfield 
actually like had a career and a job and like he has a Wikipedia page. I use the internet for jerking off and tell dick jokes. Like, <laughs> I don't think there's really a need for much of a bio. But, but, uh, Scrapaholic, consider this. Uh, you notice that Jeremy said Camfield had a career, past tense. Camfield now <laughs> sitting on his kitchen table, desperately trying to reclaim a career by doing a podcast like everyone else who's out of work in radio. So, you know, that bio and that career of Jeremy's might be going in the opposite direction. You know, well, you, I, mean, you, I hope so. You could be about to set the world afire while I'm sitting here thinking like, I wonder if I can pay the rent next month. <laughs> I mean, hey, if they like dick jokes, I'm all about it. I'll keep telling them. Uh, but yeah, maybe we should um, maybe we should stick some photos on. Oh, you know what I, I like? the um, uh, Our friend uh, Jose, I don't know if anyone's seen the, the animations that he's done for the podcast. He's done a couple so far, and he's, he's really good at that. Um, maybe if Jose does an animation of you and I talking, I won't actually give him a photo of you, I'll just say to him, Walter Becker, 1970s Steely Dan, base your animated look of, Je of Jeremy on that. See, I think he should go with like, everything's in his animation style, but then like randomly, like old school South Park style, there's just like a cutout image of Walter Becker for me. That would be nice <laughs> because his animation is very South Park-esque, yeah, right? For sure, yeah, for yeah, sure, for yeah, 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 yeah. sure. I also, you know, I, I go through many different looks throughout time i mean like i could sh if i showed you my license picture right now you would be like that's not you i normally come over here to do the podcast with my long hair flowing today it's in braids mm. i've had varying degrees of beard over the last six months so if we try to animate me in a matter of a month, there might be a very different look. What uh, Jeremy is saying is that he can morph his look uh, week to week. So if anyone wants to give him any kind of modeling contracts, there's potential for that. Right. right. Like most Jews, I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, we should deal with this bit of news because it's kind of also connected to you. Uh, the new dating term I read today, uh, hat fishing, uh, which is apparently when someone tries to hide their bald head while on dating apps. Now, you are a man with uh, braided hair and a hat on. Yeah, I'm hat fishing you for sure. <laughs> I'm in person hat fishing you. The only reason I started growing out my hair is literally to cover the balding spots on my head. And now when I do these braids, I'll show you, like, it kind of pushes my comb over to the side and locks it in. Now my braids are nappy, but when I first did them and they were locked in tight, there was no balding showing, my friend. Do you think that, um, because people are doing so much online dating now, as in having actual dates, you know, using FaceTime and stuff, that they, re they reckon that they can kind of cover up the fact that they're bald and have enough dates to make the other person really get into them so that when they eventually meet in person and do the big reveal and they take the hat off, they're like, okay, I can deal with that. There's no taking the hat off. I fuck with the hat off. <laughs> right. Let that be known to the world. <laughs> okay, so there you go. You're just kind of setting yourself up with a realistic, you know what you are? You are to hats what Brett Michaels from Poison is to bandanas, right? Because- <laughs> I'll take it, that, hell yeah. That man never, ever, 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 ever takes a bandana off, and right? I, I guarantee you he never pays for bandanas either. If anyone wants to send me hats, I will take them. I do. I, I've often, because I watched a show where they went to his house a few weeks ago. I think it was on that um, Sammy Hagar's got this rock and roll road trip show. Yep, yep. And um, Brett Michaels has got this, like, palatial, like, 
pad in, um, I think it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. I mean, it might as well have its own golf course in the grounds. It's so big, you know, and it's so luxurious. And I was, and the whole time while he was showing us around this pad, all I could think was, you couldn't have invested a little bit of that money into getting your hair sorted because so <laughs> the, 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 the option is there now if you can afford it. You must be, it must be a hair reason that he continuously wears a bandana. And you, I just don't understand why in 2020 you can't get that fixed. I was, he was showing you like a games room that he's got in his house. And I'm just thinking if you sold a few of those pool tables and uh, a few of the, uh, like the arcade games that you've right. got there, you know, you could get your bonds done. Yeah, we'll see. You know, not everyone can pull off what Elton John did, where all of a sudden, like, everyone just accepted, like, well, he looked hideous bald, so let's just go ahead and throw <laughs> a wig on him. But, you know, I I went to get a haircut a few years ago, and the lady was saying, she was like, oh, my God, like, look at how much hair you have in the back of your head. I find it... Trying to comment nicely on the bald spot in the front of my head. And she just told me, she said, just, you know, keep growing it out. And when you need to, just trump it forward. (laughs) (laughs) And that, I mean, that's essentially the plan is I'm just one day going to have so much hair in the back and it's just going to be pushed forward into the front. I I find it worrying that when you go to any kind of barbers and the first thing they say to you is, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> which, is how, which is how you told that story yeah. that, that, I mean, that was for sure her reaction she's like what do I do with this <laughs> alright so yeah I like Jeremy's idea that um, you know you're not really hat fishing because you're never going to take the hat off and uh, you know it's just wh- part of my head when you get down to it with uh, with your partner you can go listen Brett Michaels good enough for him <laughs> right? mean, they're not going to like what it looks like with the hat off so all right, we're going to get to uh, part two. I'll remind you of uh, Song of the Week. Uh, there's also uh, some drugs news, so I'll be handing you over to Jeremy again for the drug segment on the show. Sorry, Mom. He's our relevant drug expert. Well, actually, I've got a, I've got an angle on today's drug story. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you do want to, uh, there are other people that have written in. Uh, I need to get to your questions and correspondence. I do read them. They are all on my list. Um, didyouamerica.com the place to go to or uh, you can just find me on uh, social media if you want to interact with the show uh, we are reading the messages and we will get around to them on the podcast alright part two of Did You America uh, the episode that you may never hear because New York producer has got a uh, well we think he's got a severe case of COVID he may well be dead by now I thought we agreed it was polio <laughs> that's a little joke referencing part one and the joke we did two episodes ago it's good when you've got reoccurring jokes when we're that funny we can just do the same joke <laughs> exactly right? i only have like three of them you're gonna keep hearing i uh, have an update on that well actually i don't have an update on song of the week because again new york producer would normally send me how the votes are going i have no idea uh but you can still vote via the website and if he doesn't die then, um, you know, we'll get the results uh, for you next week. So, Long Awaited by Suspect 208 is my choice. Uh, New York producer, Song of the Week, Lovely Machines by 303. And Jeremy went for Off-Road by Goody Mob. Actually, on this topic, for the first time ever, and again, I don't know the the, the voting at the moment, uh, but Jeremy may have an edge because Goody Mob actually retweeted us, right? Even with that, 
I think the listeners of this podcast will push through to give me a zero percent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we were I, when I uh, when they when they retweeted because Goody Mob's uh, uh, CeeLo Green, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, Old Lil Arms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so I was thinking, oh my god. So glad I didn't go into all of the details about how CeeLo Green almost got me too a few years ago for some <laughs> terrible things that he said. That would have been real awkward for him when his, you know, whoever runs his group's Twitter page retweeted the podcast and talked about him being a rapist. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, Off-Road by Goody Mob, long-awaited by uh, Suspect 208 and Lonely Machines by 303. You can vote Did You America? Dot com. Also, don't forget, it's where you can get your T-shirts from. Um, we need to sell out those T-shirts so we can move on to the uh, the scented candle, Did You America, that will be the scent of freedom. And hopefully, if a new producer isn't dead, um, we can get a proper update um, on the, uh, the song of the week on Monday's episode. There is a psychedelic trip hotline. The idea is that if you have taken a trip, and it turns out to be a bad one, or you're a little freaked out as to exactly how long this trip is going on for, if you can get it together to call someone on your cell phone, that person will talk you smoothly through the trip so you are more relaxed. I'll now hand you over to Jeremy, the head of drugs on the Did You America podcast. Is this actually even possible? Well... You know, I think here's the thing is I could give you a lot of tips on what I would do in a situation where I was having a bad trip. But in the end, like it's not it wouldn't work over the phone. It kind of depends on what hallucinogenic you're on. Like I was actually having this discussion with a friend just the other day with mushrooms there. Once you're having a bad trip, there's almost no getting out. Right. There's just like and that's why I don't. I don't understand how like mushrooms are now becoming this thing where like people are like, Oh no, they're good for depression. You just take a little bit. Like apparently all I did in high school was abuse mushrooms to points where like I was eating way too many of them because there is no way that did anything for depression when I was eating them. Right. Right. Now with acid though is, you know, all I ever tell people when they're having a bad trip is like anytime I had like a weird feeling of like, Oh, this might be going wrong. You literally just like go to another room and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is different and I feel different. Now. Oh, so yeah, it's kids, very easy fix. Kids, drugs are bad, but if you do do acid and you're having a bad trip, just move to another room. That's good advice. Yeah, well, that, that sounds practical. It's, it sounds to me that that would be more practical than if you're starting to freak out because an image of Lucifer has appeared in front of you, you're going to be able to find your cell phone, Google the number for the psychedelic trip hotline, <laughs> call the number, and then engage with someone about the fact that Lucifer is now like 12 <laughs> foot in front of you. When actually, if all you need to do is move to another room and then suddenly you are not in hell, that might be more appropriate. Well, that's why I'd be, I think I'd actually be really bad at the job because like, even though I have experience, I also kind of hate people and get amused by like people's misery. Right. So uh, a few years back in Dallas, they used to have a thing called the electric Daisy carnival. It was a big EDM festival. Uh, they have it in other places around the country. It only lasted two years. Can I here. ask a question? Go ahead. Is that the type of thing? So it's just full on EDM. So it's just going oomph, 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 all day long. Right. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing 
that is absolute hell unless you're out of your mind on drugs. And then, depending on how your trip goes, it could get worse. If I told you the amount of ecstasy I was on that day, my mother would disown me. <laughs> so, right, anyways, okay. <laughs> I, uh, while I was there, I saw this guy who was clearly freaking out on some hallucinogenic. I'm going to guess acid, but like he was having the definition of a really bad trip. He was on the ground screaming, arms and legs flailing. He was like, this isn't real. I don't know what's going on. Now, a big circle got around him because like people are watching, but like most people, you know, it's all druggies there. They're trying to help him. Me, I was so enjoying watching him have this bad trip that I was literally in his face going, none of this is real. None of this is real. It's all fake. You're going to die. And like that set him <laughs> off. So I don't know if the psychedelic hotline would be my best career. Moves. I like if someone called you and uh, just you talking to them wasn't working, you say to the person who's having the bad trip, could you just go to FaceTime instead? And then suddenly your face is in the phone going, you're gonna die! <laughs> Listen to me, look into my eyes! Well, I never even understood like how people could do drugs like acid at a music festival. Like, There's so many people around. There's, you know, Before I said, like the only thing you have to do when you're feeling uncomfortable is kind of just like go to the next room. Right. There's no next room at a music Music festival. You're just like surrounded by people dancing on drugs. Yeah, I mean, you can't even find a room that is a toilet. I bet that's the type of music festival where if you ask where the bathroom is, they just point to a hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, God. I just pee my pants. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of have a, 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 a similar experience uh, to this, although it wasn't with uh, psychedelics. Um, many years ago, um, I used to uh, hang out a lot with uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. He's one of my favorite people ever. And, you know, he's very well known for uh, his uh, appetite for uh, narcotics and uh, Jack Daniels, right? Absolutely. And um, they, I, uh, I went to one of their shows in London with a friend of mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call her Jane for the purposes of this podcast because um, she now has a family. I don't think she would let her kids listen to this, but she's going to be Jane for the purposes of this. But Jane, if you're listening, you know who you are. Yeah. Uh, but this is a, this is kind of a funny story because it does actually it connects to her family. Anyway, so um, I'm very well acquainted with the world of Motorhead, and to be honest, I used to go out on the road with them for a few shows here and there, never for a full tour because it would have absolutely killed me. But it was always fun to dip into for a few days, and it was everything that you read about Lemmy is pretty much spot on. I mean, it was just. I used to think, oh my God, I just had the most outrageous three days and he's doing it like 24 <laughs> seven. That's it, just his life. It, literally, it was it was crazy. So this friend, I, uh, my friend Jane uh, wants to go to a Motorhead show. And uh, I, so we end up g going there early and we sort of like go from sound check because it was like a whole, just to be in like Lemmy's orbit was you, you wanted to make a day of it. Right. But occasionally, if you were in Lemmy's orbit and you t uh, intended to make a day of it, it actually ended up that you would make several days of it oh. because you would take, uh, you know, certain uh, medicines that he would have about his person that would uh, mean that you didn't require any sleep for quite some time, right? He wasn't a drug addict. He just hated sleeping. He was very anti-sleep. He did say that, you know, he wanted to get a lot done in his life. I think his theory was 
that his lifestyle, I mean, he lived till 70, which was amazing given his lifestyle. But I think his theory was his lifestyle would kill him really young. So therefore he should sleep a lot less to get more done. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Once he hit 40, he was just like, what the fuck? Why isn't this happening? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, we, uh, you know, we go and we have, uh, you know, Motorhead Day and uh, it's, uh, it's a fun old time. And, uh, and she's going to go off and do whatever she's doing the next day. I, the next day, have um, a live TV show <laughs> to, oh to, to participate in. There was a period of time in the UK where, uh, what's it called here? American Idol, right? right? That's it. So there was uh, the UK version of Simon Cowell was called Pop Idol. And for a period of time, the BBC did their own version that was just terrible. And and their, and their version was kind of like, they had a load of uh, young musicians that were trying to be uh, in a band or, or something similar to the, the American Idol setup, except that it was dumb as if it was a school and they were all in kind of a boarding school setup where they would live and be taught how to be in a pop band, like in this big house in North London. Right. That, I mean, this is, is going to be the most millennial thing I've ever said, but I'm pretty sure you just described the plot to Zoe 101, the Nickelodeon show starring Britney Spears, little sister. You know a lot about that show, right? I just Sadly, like, like, yes, the, way, the, yeah. way, the way that that just tripped off the tongue. I mean, that wasn't like a casual reference to that show. You sounded like you were doing a voiceover for the promotion. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to get on that Zoe 101. Who is Britney Spears? Jamie Lynn Spears. I, oh, I'm oh, pretty I, sure that was a show. I think she was in a boarding school and she sang. Jamie Lynn Spears may well have been on this TV show that I was on as a guest because I was so out of my mind the day after being out with Motorhead. I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. All I remember because I was thinking that I would sleep at some point, right? Yeah. And actual fact, I'm sending this story short because the the TV show was the day after the day after. It was actually two days with no sleep. After so you're on day three now. Yeah, I've had Motorhead day. That became like two days later, like Motorhead have probably left the country now. They're playing somewhere in Germany and I still haven't been, well, actually I've been to bed quite a bit, but no sleep was coming. I like that we're getting the end of the story, but you realize like one day we're going to have to put out like a four part podcast of the first two days, right? <laughs> you will get into that story. There was just a lot of, I had to do a radio show. I had a daily radio show. That was fine because, uh, you know, I've, I've done radio since I was about six years old. That's like, exactly you can right. do that on any drug exactly i can do that on any drug and uh you know and, and this is before there were any cameras or anything in the studio to stick you on websites and stuff like that so no one could see how bad i looked <laughs> and i would just go in and the people would say oh my god you don't look well i'd be like oh I was with Motorhead yesterday. Just tell me if I'm talking too fast when I was on air, right? And I, and I could get through the show. And then the next day I'd go in and they go, you still don't look very well. I'd be like, oh, I was with Motorhead two days ago. Just tell me if I'm talking too fast on the show, right? So yeah, it was the day after the day after. And uh, I had to go do this uh, TV show. Uh, Britney Spears' sister could well have been on the show. Because the only two things I remember about being uh, a guest to critique what the kids were doing on this show was, one, I was really paranoid because I wasn't used to being on the TV. And obviously, this was a live show with cameras. So all of the comforts of not being seen on the radio were, were no longer relevant. 
And two, apart from the paranoia, the second thing I remember about doing this live TV show is apparently I was so scathing of the, the, the kids that were like in the talent contest that I vividly remember at one point, the person interviewing me on the live show said, why are you on this show? Oh my God. <laughs> and, and, and I, like, why are you here, well, sir? You know, anyone, and by the way, kids, drugs are bad. Right, do not yeah, do yeah. drugs. But occasionally, if you do do drugs and you're on some sort of come down and like the good, you know, the high's gone and now you just feel really grouchy and you really want to sleep, right? And you're just surrounded by fucking kids making a fucking racket, one of whom may or may not have been Britney Spears' sister, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, people are calling this psychedelic trip hotline thinking they've had a bad <laughs> trip, right? When the woman on the TV show said to me, why are you on this show? I was so close to saying, bitch, you don't know what I'm going through to be here right now. I was with Motorhead three days ago. How how quickly were you regretting? Like, let me just, every time he was like, one more, you did it. <laughs> right. He, um, he, he used to say, you need your bed as soon as you get older. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so... Anyway, back to my friend. So uh, this is my personal hell that I'm going through, right? <laughs> a bunch of radio shows, which were fine. And uh, some live TV, which may or may not have been fine. I was never asked back. Yeah, but, all, no. but, all, but also that show got cancelled. I like, say, we have to find clips of this show. Pop Idol and American Idol carried on. The BBC version, not so much. You were so fucked up, you don't even realise there was like a 20-minute scene of you just berating Jamie Wen Spears. <laughs> I don't remember who was on the show. I just remember it being horrible. <laughs> but also, they could have been the most talented kids in the world. It was just horrible in my head. <laughs> So anyway, so my friend Jane, who's not really called Jane, she has gone to the gig with me and I haven't spoken to her for uh, the intervening time because, you know, I've had to get together, you know, my media appearances. So in the meantime, I send her a text message going, oh my God, I just did live TV. I think it was like probably terrible. And she goes, I haven't slept in two days and I'm currently sitting in a cold bath. <laughs> what? Why? So, so anyway. <laughs> Who bathes in cold water? Well, because she got so freaked out about the fact that she thought she was never going to sleep again. Oh, no. She just started dating this guy. I mean, it was really, uh, they'd probably been on like a couple of dates. And um, I was in Comunicado because, you know, I was doing live TV. Have I mentioned that? You can't call me to say that you're freaking out. So she she had like a, uh, you know, I guess the primitive version, the, uh, the prototype version, you might want to call it, of this psychedelic trip hotline. She phones this guy who she's only just started dating and basically says, Ah, uh, I, I, I went to Mohead three days ago and I haven't slept since and I don't know what to do and it's freaking me out. You know, your normal call after a Motorhead concert. Right, yeah, exactly. And rather than him being, you know, the guy that she'd been on a couple of dates with going, this bitch is crazy, I'm never seeing her again. <laughs> Apparently, he very calmly, I guess much like they're doing with a psychedelic trip hotline, talked her through how to calm herself 
and basically, you know, how to relax and that she would get to the point of sleeping again. She wasn't going to be awake for the rest of her life. And part of his advice was just get in a cold bath, right? Huh. Which I have to say, much as Lemmy had the ultimate experience of this lifestyle because he lived it for like 50 years, I do remember his advice when I was leaving was, you might not sleep for a while, eat some yogurt. Literally <laughs> 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 So what you're telling me is if anytime I'm having a drug hangover, all I have to do is take a cold bath and eat some yogurt. I mean, well, the bath wasn't part of his advice. And, you know, he was a man who took a lot of drugs. So you've got, you, you have to bow to Lemmy's superior knowledge. <laughs> but I absolutely remember, you might not sleep for a while, eat some yogurt. <laughs> so anyway, and this is where the story comes to a happy ending. Um, Sam did take the cold bath. I can't, I don't, I've, I, I don't know if, uh, if, if, if she, uh, actually got as far as eating yogurt. I can't even remember if I passed on that as part of the advice, but fast forward, you know, this is many, many years ago when I was very badly behaved. Fast forward now, several years and uh, my friend Jane is now married to the person who gave her the talk about the fact she would sleep again and she should take a cold bath. And they've got a family and they've got kids. And she says to this day, the moment that she realized, even after they'd only been on a couple of dates, that he was the one was because he took so much care, time and attention to give her to talk her through. That's probably her messaging now, going, don't you dare tell my drug story right. on your podcast. He took so much care and attention to talk her through her drug come down. So again, kids, drugs are bad, but they can bring people together who now have a happy family. I just like that she was like, you know, I may run into this scenario again. I should probably marry this dude. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you saw it as love. She saw it as like a necessity. <laughs> Maybe that was it. So, uh, so yeah. And so now they do speed every night. Oh, the kids have never had a, a square meal. Then she just goes, <laughs> no. take some of this. This will keep away the hunger pains for a while. <laughs> She says to her kids, you need your medicine as you get older. And they go, but I'm only nine. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Oh, Jane. Yeah, Jane, 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 Jane. All right. Um, I th Oh, God, we were going to do a thing about George Clooney, which was going to give me an excuse to talk about Street Hawk. Um, I know you're all waiting for that. Uh, Maybe we'll hard-hitting Street Hawk podcast. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that on, uh, on Monday. Um, don't forget, keep voting for uh, the song of the week. Just in case New York producer hasn't been killed by COVID and he can get online again for us, uh, didyouamerica.com is the place to uh, go to for that. And uh, if you can, I know uh, times are tough, but uh, buy a T-shirt. Show your support for America. If not just this podcast, I mean, it's a T-shirt that says the word America in super bright red, white, and blue and comes with a tag that says Camfield, America, F yeah. What more could you want? You know what? I read, uh, this is just as a side note before we go, there's been some press coverage this week about the fact that Matthew McConaughey may run for governor of Texas, right? He's a, he's a, he's a big figurehead. Um, can I, I can't be president because I wasn't born here, but I, don't, I think I could become governor legally, right? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can right, be yeah, our yeah. governor. Right. 
I'm going to, what about if, because I need a job, right? I've, I haven't got a job on the radio. I could start a new job where I'm running against Matthew McConaughey for governor, right? Yeah. And um, my first policy would be, it would be a legal requirement for everyone to fly the Texas state flag. <laughs> and everyone, if per household, you would have to have at least three pro-Texas items of clothing in your wardrobe. I like those rules. I'd, I'd be able to remain in Texas. We might have to um, put together some other policies because I just this just came off the top no. of my head. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Texas is fine. If you, if you don't... Put your flag out, wear some shirts. Yeah, if you don't have the shirt that says American till Texas secedes, you can't stay. If you don't have that shirt or one of our shirts, you hate America. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we might work on that. What do you think of my... Chances of me running against Matthew McConaughey for governor. I, I think if you take down McConaughey in Texas, you're never getting sent to Shitsville. <laughs> you're here to stay forever. Right, exactly. All right, didyouamerica.com, the place to go to uh, for anything relating to this show. And uh, do remember, drugs are bad, kids.